Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Welcome to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Feels Like Weezer. Uh, I'm Megan, and I am currently not from uh, any of the Movies by Minutes podcast, but I have an impending um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody Minute. Uh, and stay tuned. <laughs> And I'm Alice, and I don't have a podcast just yet, but I am a comedian in New York. And welcome, Alice. Go- glad to have you. Great to be here. And Megan is returning now, now going from moving from the guest spot to co-host this, this week. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so this is Minute 35, and it starts with everyone clapping for Penny's performance and ends with Penny declaring she needs ice. Very important to have your ice. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Keep it cool. <laughs> um, there is this uh, one one thing right there at the beginning. Uh, it's it's uh, everyone's clapping, and, and but this one guy we've just uh, uh, had to... Uh, Come tag along into this uh, hotel room for this for this impromptu party. Um, uh, Vic Munoz, played by uh, Jay Baruchel, um, with his he's a huge Zeppelin fan, and but he's doing he's doing not so much a clap. I mean, maybe there's a, maybe there was a clap that he was doing, but he then uh, seemingly at the end of clapping, he converts it maybe into my, more of a uh, prayer uh, a. a uh, uh, prayer-like pose, but but really, you know, it's the uh, the classic, uh, you know, we're not worthy type. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, from Wayne's World, you know. Yeah. 
Was he just a, a roadie? Because I couldn't. I was like, "What is what is he doing yeah. here?" No, he's <laughs> he's just this huge fan that uh, you know. I guess you know in the seventies it was a huge thing for uh, you know hotels just to get overrun by bands and and uh, and uh, especially this one in particular is it's the the Riot House or the Continental Hyatt House. Um, uh, but you know you know apparently Zeppelin. All, all four members, maybe. I think. I think only states three that he got to sign his shirt here uh, uh, are are also in the, in this hotel at the same time. But uh, and there were certainly other on the way into uh, down the hallway in, on this on this floor. There were certainly a couple other rooms that had people like um, it was supposed to be um, Graham Parsons and um, uh, Emmy. I think Emmy Lou Harris. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, last uh, last uh, couple weeks there. Ago when Megan was on with us, um, but uh, you know, and down in the lobby, it was it was crazy too. Um, you know, plenty plenty of people just hanging out, and uh, he's just a super fan of of, of uh, Zeppelin. But he also seems to have been become by doing this. I call him a groupie to a groupie. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly everyone else is clapping too, and all 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 love that Penny arrived and and did her little performance that she had last minute. Um, but, uh, it, Vic, Vic himself, and, and it's almost, it's, it's almost, uh, level. There's, there's levels too, you know. William is almost in between the two, Vic and Penny, as far as being, you know, he's, he's got this essentially this crush on, uh, Penny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, they kind of all start, uh, going into this little, uh, little, uh, not not so much jamming together. I mean, it's it's pretty much uh, mainly one guitar and maybe someone I think might be pounding on a little on on some kind of bongo or conga or some such. Yeah. Or just or just the back of a couch or something probably with the drumsticks they probably have laying around. But um, uh, for for the song uh, something in the air is what they're performing and and I certainly knew it best from Tom Petty and the greatest hits album that came out in the nineties <laughs> when I was in high school and college. Uh, but it's actually by a by a band called Thunderclap Newman. That's a great song. Yeah, yeah, and it's really been used a, a quite a bit. Um, you know, I, th- I think I think there might be even like some commercials, but other other movies and TV shows, and and by different people too. You know, different you know performers. They they'll often get uh, pretty much you know no name bands or or studio session mus- musicians to. Do things for for commercials, especially yeah. covering covering especially Beatles songs. I'd say that's where I've noticed it the most. But <laughs> that's so true. They're, they're my number one band. So, I but they're just they're just very they're just very uh, uh, not up for <laughs> giving their songs out the, the the recorded versions at least to be used for ad purposes. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything uh, by either? for either of you about the song or had you heard of that band before even? No, no. When you say, have you heard of the band? You're talking about Thunderclap yeah. Newman. Yes. Th- yeah. Thunderclap Newman. Yes. I have a few songs of them. Uh, oh, really? I them on my Spotify. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, I mean about Stillwater, just, you know, kind of, I mean, watching this movie for the first time, I didn't know if Stillwater was, was real or not as I was watching. <laughs> yeah. And, but then thinking of, I was reading about kind of what it, 
like like water was like the clearance whatever revive i don't know these bands very well but it's like <laughs> like 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 the that band and then the uh i think crosby stills and nash and that's kind of like mixing up those names to make a new name that's very very clever mm, mm-hmm. hmm. i hadn't thought of that yeah yeah stills from yeah crosby stills and nash yeah um, yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure I, I've even had someone say, well, isn't, isn't you know, I've, I've heard like Guess Who and Three Dog Night as being people thinking that, that that's who this band is supposed to be or something, or, or at least par- partially. Um, but a, as I mentioned in, back in the green room that we'll be, we'll be getting to that, uh, I think, uh, at the end of the next minute with you, uh, Alice, uh, the little yeah. ranking of the, the four bands that are best uh, considered to make up the band. Yeah. I mean, as for who it's supposed to be, I know. I think it. I was reading Cameron Crowe had toured with the the Almond Brothers. Oh yeah, and so that was so maybe maybe that in a sense is who it's supposed to be. I don't you know. Well, and I think for Almond Brothers, I think the biggest thing there is it's either Greg or Dwayne. I forget which which one um, better matches um, Russell. I think I think that's that's the biggest connection there. That that's why they're considered to be one of the four. <laughs> Um, as far as just taking a particular person and kind of making that who Russell mostly was based on. Um, and this, so the song uh, did come out uh, certainly not after this, this uh, performance, but for about four years prior um, went, went from when this movie is set here and uh, mostly in 1973. So I think that's, that's a good thing that they didn't, they didn't, they really, I think they, as far as the music that we hear, they did a really good job on uh, not choosing any any songs that came out after this time in 1973. Even um, they 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 did yeah. have little issues back uh, um, um, minutes, you know, uh, about 13 or so, about, about minute 13 or so, uh, with uh, uh, William uh, looking under under his bed at, per his sister's request suggestion mm-hmm. when he when she left her her his um or left his her records and some of those about half of the records almost seemingly <laughs> seem to be stuff that came out like 74 75 yeah or no, i'm sorry not even that. that at that point it was 69 70 ish so there are records that came out in like 71 72 mm-hmm. but they were his personal collection and ones that he wanted to kind of highlight that uh were uh, very important, crucial records to him, but we don't. Thankfully, we don't hear them though. We don't. We just had that one little bit of uh, seeing some things that were kind of out of place time wise. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. There's like, I think fifty songs in this whole movie. I mean, a lot of them are so in the background that I didn't even really listen to. I mean, there were some obviously in in concert scenes where that's you know. Yeah, obviously there, there's a song going on, but I just, I mean, soundtrack wise, I'm like, how a lot of it is very like in the background, you know, mm-hmm. little snippets. So, yeah, and that'll be the case, I think. With you know, I mean, there was one that was like almost you couldn't hear <laughs> back in the yeah. uh, the diner with Lester Bangs, but then like the one for the next minute, that's going to be it. You, you kind of hear it strong at the beginning, but then it really s- gets subdued amongst the the dialogue that's being spoken. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's jam packed with all these songs in it. But yet, there's still you know points, especially doing it minute by minute, where there's there's some there's at least a couple minutes here in what I've done so far, um, total a couple so far that just have no music whatsoever, mm-hmm. not not even part of a score. Um, but that's that's always uh, uh, an interesting thing to um, to it's 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 the it's the notes you don't play. <laughs> um, the the when when you uh, have some silence, I think that can really highlight a scene that that uh, is of uh, uh, really important. Mm. Um, if that's about if that's all we want to talk about the song, that's cool. Um, we can then talk. I think um, Polexia. So that's Anna Paquin's character. Mm. She comes over to William, and there's just this moment when it's like. Well, aren't they like they're not like it doesn't seem like they're saying hello or anything but she's just standing there oddly it cuts <laughs> back to white uh russell or penny but then it goes back to pr- pretty quickly to to um uh plexia then starting this narration oh part how how heavy-handed <laughs> this was the most yeah. heavy-handed bizarre <laughs> piece of narration i i mean we yeah. we can see what's going on it, I mean, I, I would say, you know, it's, you know, it's subtle, the, just the look in, in, in their eyes, you know, as, as they're kind of into each other, but, you know, it's, that's not, it's not even subtle. That's played, you know, pretty flamboyantly too. So no, but this was weird. We did not yeah. need this narration. I don't know if they wanted to give her some more lines. I, I don't know if. Was William getting hit on? I, I, I mean, that yeah. Was there's that too. Bizarre. Because at the end of what she's done, is that next minute actually? Mm-hmm. I think I think it's the very beginning of the next minute. I have I definitely have something to say about <laughs> her, her hitting on him. Kind of, it seems like maybe is what this has been about more so. So it's this narration, which is I mean, it, it, it's hit on the head narration, and and I I understand. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> not care not liking it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's this hit on the head because she's even saying act one and act two and act three, Yeah, <laughs> you know. I, and I have to, I'm going to come in with a, a hard disagree. I really like it. <laughs> I, I like the narration. I, I definitely, um, it is, you know, dramatic, but uh, it kind of suspends you um, in a different, like, time space continuum than what's happening in the rest of the room. And I like it because I think that even though we know there's history between Russell and Penny at this point, we don't really know what it is. We don't know. And obviously she's narrating it from her outside perspective, but she's close to Penny and wants to be close to the rock stars. Right. So I think it's, um, it's interesting. I find it really interesting. But I like it. I like that it's in. I think if it would, if it was not in there, I would. <laughs> I guess I wouldn't know what I was missing. But I, I wouldn't want to see the scene without it. I guess my my biggest issue with it is just kind of. I'm not saying she's. I mean, I I really like her acting and plenty of other things, but she, she's almost doing. She, I don't know if she was asked to do or she thought she'd do this. It, it's almost like there's almost like a hint of an accent. You know, it's almost like it's almost like someone that was born in Britain and was there until yes, like they were yeah, five, right. maybe, and then they've moved here, and so they still have this, you know, at this age, roughly. Um, <laughs> hopefully, I think I think hopefully late teens, but yeah. um, per what goes on later, um, next very next minute uh, that I have to tell you about. 
but but there is the uh the uh, uh deleted scene that uh I actually thought was in this minute for a little while until you know going going into the heavier uh research phase in the past couple of days really um uh that uh the deleted scene from the much longer untitled 42 minute longer cut um where uh where we'll um uh, we'll definitely talk about more tomorrow um, but it's it's uh, a pretty good, interesting scene uh, interaction between uh, uh, Russell and Penny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. you could definitely tell from Russell and Penny's eyes and just just the way they mm-hmm. always find each other in a room. I mean, that was definitely enough but yeah i don't i don't know if this was supposed to be whatever her name is apraxia yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like apraxia. Apraxia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Plexia. Plexia's, yeah i don't know <laughs> Plexia's, you're, you're gonna get like the the, the, the fifth band-aid here in about uh, uh about a half hour away from now maybe maybe not name that much uh, but her her name is going to be a lot easier than the than the three others besides Penny. Penny's awfully easy, but Plexia mm-hmm. and Estrella. Um, but we'll get uh, yeah, we'll but, get but, Beth, Beth from Denver. <laughs> oh yeah, that's much, much easier. Much easier. Uh, yeah, Plexia from Denver sounds yeah. a little weird too. Um, but yeah, but yeah, but I, I don't know if this was Plexia kind of you know flirting with William. Oh, you know, see there and do each other. I don't know. I mean, it was just. I mean, they all kind of have a bit of a flirty vibe. The, the other thing, though, and, like, this is maybe a deep dive into childhood, but before I realized that this was Anna Paquin, I looked at her, and the way that she was dressed and her acting and everything, I don't know if you remember the show Zoe 101, the Nickelodeon show, Jamie Lynn Spears, and maybe it's, if, I mean, if you don't know, maybe one of the listeners or many or no, no one else knows, it's just me, uh, but... <laughs> But there's a character, Quinn, on on that show. And I was like, I suddenly was like, what year is it? Be, I mean, could it be the same person? And then I realized later, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. That's a person with Anna Paquin's face. But I, it, was, it, was just, it was just something that I, that I noticed that, like, took me out of it for a second. Like, wait, what? what is this? So that was, that was an Anna Paquin role in that show? No, 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 no. It wasn't. No, it, was just, it was just a similar. It was, it was yeah. It was like another yeah. teen well, star or something. Yeah. Um. So and William says we've got to stop them after she's kind of given this uh, <laughs> this narration part, and Plexia replies, "Stop them! You were her excuse for coming here." Yeah. And she even puts her hand out to to you know pull him back yeah. a little bit, and he 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 obliges. <laughs> Looking at this minute. Again, as as I was kind of rewatching the the clip, and I was like, "We've got to stop them." Oh, he he likes her. Like you mm-hmm. know, it was was kind of that that realization of what do you mean we got to stop them? Or 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 was he maybe more afraid of Russell having a has a wife and the deal you know, the cheating dynamic, and so we got to stop this infidelity. So so maybe maybe it is that. Maybe it is. Oh no, no infidelity. <laughs> or maybe it is. No, I like her. We got to stop them. Well, and I think it's that that last phrase of hers in the narration part, she'll eat him alive. Yeah. You know, it's like uh so is it Williams 
naivete, you know, you know, youthfulness that he doesn't understand that, you know, I mean, it's two consenting adults. Hopefully it's an, <laughs> she's the, yeah. she's also an adult. That's, that's very up for, up for grabs, I think. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say going with the, the time period, there were many, you know, 14, 15 year old girls that were groupies of these guys. Sure. So oh yeah. Surprised me sure. very much. Who's, who's that famous one that they just did an article about her? She pretty much slept with every rock star of the seventies. <laughs> yeah. And there's, and, and similar to the band Stillwater, the, the character Penny Lane is kind of an amalgamation of like three different um, women from the time yeah. that, that William, William himself knew, um, got to know. Um, but, uh, but there's definitely even there's definitely the one that is was also named Penny Lane. So, <laughs> you know, some people really can I I think uh, get confused to thinking that oh it's it's a one for one. Um, yeah. uh, I read somewhere I read somewhere that she was supposed to be fifteen, which is bizarre because I kept well, thinking about what her age would be because she seemed kind of like the mama bear of all of them. Yeah, right. And I know I know Kate Hudson and she's is- retired. Right, and Supposedly. I yeah, she seemed like a like a seasoned movie, oh, whatever. Yeah. But like, I mean, I know Kate Hudson was twenty one in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe uh, in the movie. Well, well, there's a, there's a scene uh, that that you know where that where her and William yeah. are t- telling each other their ages back and forth, back and forth. But yeah, clearly at one point he's lying, and clearly at another point she's lying. <laughs> where the two meet, it's hard to say. We we certainly yeah. know Williams, but um. I think she was just uh, lowering hers to to try to get this connection made, and and she was lying the latter half of that, roughly, <laughs> on the lower yeah, end. Yeah. I mean, then I started seeing, like, oh, maybe some of these other Band-Aids were teens as well, because I was kind of obviously trying to figure out the appropriateness with the, and I'll probably talk about it later, the deflowering and the, all the, yeah. you know, stuff that goes on where I'm like, this is so weird. <laughs> She's like... 35 and he's like 15 you know so it was kind of <laughs> oh yeah it was kind of like i don't think that she's that young necessarily stranger things have happened <laughs> yeah 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 of course um there are besides just uh uh, cutting these little quick cuts to Penny Lane's expression and, and Russell's expression, you know, in the background at times, and even at this at this very last moment uh, of the minute, um, it's uh, uh, Dick, the uh, road manager, the ma- ma- basically road manager, but he's he's essentially the manager in title. Um, but uh, you know, he, he's handed the guitar at that last moment by Russell. Um, but there's the other points where he's where you see him sitting on the couch there and being pretty chill and smoking a cigarette or maybe something more <laughs> likely. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think that the, the line that you were her excuse for coming here? Yeah. Do you think that it's more of, you know, she's trying to sort of protect him. Do you think it was, she maybe liked William as a friend, more than a friend, whatever was it? I, I don't know. Hmm. You have a take on that, Megan? Yeah. Um, yeah. You were her excuse for coming here. So obviously she's saying, you know, it goes along with being the disingenuous, right? They're putting on a, a facade that they don't care about each other. I think if he was her excuse for coming there, it was the perfect excuse for Penny to be like, oh, well, I'm not here to see you. I'm here because I'm bringing, 
my friend yeah. who's reporting mm. on you mm-hmm. guys. So I think it's, I don't think there's any real smoke and mirrors about that comment. Like, I think it means exactly what it is at face value. Like, you know, you were a great excuse for her to be here so that she could see Russell and that he could see her and that they could reconnect, but it would be not because she came here, like, you know, being needy the way she probably is how she's feeling. Right. As we see later, but, um, but kind of seeing it as like, you know, she used you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was a little bit of a dig. It's a little bit of a dig at him saying like, you know, don't think that, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's intentionally a dig, but it definitely is a dig at like whether he really belongs there or whether he was used as an excuse to be there. Well, with her, like I said, with her being retired, it's a matter of, um, you know, she, she probably wouldn't have come or she would have, she, maybe she would have come up with another way to kind of make it feel not like she wanted to be there to see Russell. Um, she may, she may have been able to come up with a, uh, another reason that wasn't as good. Yeah. So it's a, it's a yeah. whole third option. It wasn't even like, Ooh, she has a crush on William or, you know, anything like that. It's just a complete, like, cause, because I also felt like kind of the, you know, Lester Bings in, in the, in the beginning, having that, well, they're going to use you and, and they're not really friends and mm-hmm. it's just, but I didn't really get the sense. I got the sense of they were, fairly genuine band members and everything or you know at least russell so it was so yeah kind of looking at it through through this lens of like oh no no you were an excuse is is interesting Mm -hmm. yeah that's really interesting to bring up uh lester because that 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 scene where he's saying you'll meet women (laughs) and and i think he's saying the band will use you i don't think he says the women (laughs) will use you (laughs) yeah um, so that's that's a whole little uh, another uh, uh, twist in things as to what uh, you know everything everything Lester says almost essentially comes true. Yeah, and I mean maybe it, maybe it's in his perception because yeah. of where he's sitting as like you know um, being in the band. He probably thinks it's more so the other way around, right? The women aren't using us; we're using them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's getting used by everyone. <laughs> <laughs> So great. It's, it's, a, it's an orgy of, orgy of using <laughs> usury. <laughs> um, but but speaking of which, you know, she, you know, as, as we as we've been really focusing on, you were her excuse for coming here, and then Penny says, "I need ice," and that itself, I believe, is another excuse for what we'll see next minute. Yeah, things will have to heat up just to get out of the room <laughs> and uh, have a little uh, rendezvous with Russell in private. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else? I think that covers it. Yeah. The the only other thing I, I could add to it is that uh, with you know back to the what we what we kind of started off talking about pretty pretty close to the beginning of this minute was the uh, the lyrics of this song have recently been we have got it we have got to get it together. Now I think it's it's mainly the song I think more so is about you know say like you know you know peace and revolution what have you you know very socio political stuff. But uh, it's it's definitely the, the the lyrics that we're hearing best um, uh, definitely uh, tie into what is going on a bit too, okay. and that that's the one uh, one other maybe uh, I think negative towards the idea of getting or at least taming down that narration part <laughs> is that you're having many layers of of uh, of 
being explained what's going on. You got the you got the visuals of Russell and Penny looking back at each other every now and then, and yeah, maybe maybe it would be cheesier if it was just like a you know lyrics, you know, kind of like a little <laughs> you know love montage of them staring lovingly at each other, you know. So so maybe it would have been cheesy in a different way. Mm-hmm. But then the very last lyric though is "lock up your streets and houses." <laughs> So that really doesn't play into, I don't think. The, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so if we're ready, um, I think we can ask, uh, I'd like to ask both of you, and uh, we can uh, go with our guest first, Alice. What's your history with the movie? It sounds like you said you're talking about this is the first time you've seen it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's the first time. Yesterday was the first time that I saw it. I mean, of course, I grew up kind of seeing that iconic poster and just thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, it's a movie about Kate Hudson. And I mean, just like without the synopsis, if you had said, you know, hey, what do you think this movie is about? You know, that it would be about Kate Hudson. It would be about the trials and tribulations of fame. Um, I mean, I think I knew maybe that there was some sort of Oscar buzz, you know, something that Mm. had you know, been there that it, that it was at least a award level movie, but yeah, yeah, I've been nominated for four, and uh, the one win it got was for the screenplay for Cameron Crow. Yeah, so yeah. so yeah, I mean, I had no idea that there that this would be some sort of journey with a boy, but hey, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Megan. So um, I first stumbled on this film, I think, in high school, maybe middle school, probably high school, like early high school, um, when I first was uh, writing films for fun, uh, because I love Cameron Crowe and I love his writing style. Um, and yeah, so I started watching it mostly because I was I was a really big fan of the kind of autobiographical tint to it. And I also was into that type of music. So, um, kind of one of those favorite high school movies that gave me chills every time I watched it. And I watched it a lot in high school. This is like me revisiting it for the first time in almost a decade. So oh, wow. It's nice to come back to it. Cause it's been yep. a really long time since I had like fully watched the film. What else does Cameron Crowe do? I thought I saw Jerry Maguire. Or no, right. I- yeah. That was the one prior to this. And yeah. then after this uh, is one I haven't seen a ton, but you know, it, it definitely is high up there, especially, especially for the use of music, all of his movies essentially. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, uh, Vanilla Sky came right after this. Yes. I love Vanilla Sky. Oh, yeah. and Fast Times at Ridgemont High was his first one, which is a few oh. years. Yeah. And, yeah, and, but he didn't, but he d- didn't direct that one. That was his yeah. right. Written. Yeah, yeah. Writing. yeah. That's for writing. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, say anything was the the big mid eighties kind of breakout then for for you know his first director yeah. directorial debut. Yeah. Um, and then the more recent ones like that that Aloha. Um, yeah. I I did I didn't I didn't see that even actually, but um, uh, I did kind of early in the process of of starting the show was um I I I did I didn't even really know about it at all. Um, but then recently it's been popping up everywhere, but I did sit down. It was on Amazon prime or something. I think Elizabeth town. Oh, right. Right. And that was pretty, a pretty low key movie. And, um, it has some interesting stuff in it, but it's not, not as big and flashy as this. And this isn't that big and flashy in my opinion. (laughs) Comparatively. Yeah. Comparatively. Jerry Maguire with big old Tom Cruise. (laughs) Yeah. These, I think these actors were, 
not unknowns necessarily. I mean, right. this was yeah. Kate Hudson's mm-hmm. big debut, basically. I mean, I don't know, Billy crewed up or I, I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Not necessarily. Um, yeah. Well, he's my, he, he's my big connection to my first uh, Movies by Minute podcast, uh, Watch by Minute, where oh. he played Dr. Manhattan. I mean, now the, the not, well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say cameos because some people had bigger parts, but the, I mean, Mark Marin has a piece in this, Eric Stone Street. Yeah. I mean, this is mm-hmm. now, you know, <laughs> Jay Barishaw. Yeah, of course, of course. I didn't realize he acted as a kid. Um, I was going to say, why do you think that this was sort of a box office? flop in a sense i don't know i mean whether it's advertising whether it's i think also i don't think this was that much of a flop um i mean if anything it it probably came out even i think i feel like Hmm. yeah i'm not not it's 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 that after you know i think i think uh you know the 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 slatter half of of his career the um elizabeth elizabeth town on have been more flops (laughs) unfortunately yeah yeah yeah, I I mean I think that like the music journalism aspect because I think I was reading somewhere recently that you know you you can like this movie without knowing very much about music journalism or rock stars or anything like that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because because I, but I think that that subject can kind of maybe be a bit I don't know alienating. Like you might be like, oh, this is about music and music journalism. Oh, I don't know this. You know, it's, very it niche. it's like a very niche topic yeah mm-hmm. well and I, I, i'm looking at this and you're actually you're you're right though it's i mean it's, it wasn't a horrible total disaster yeah. but it made some but it certainly didn't make it make its budget which is not good because <laughs> mm-hmm. normally you want to make double your budget to <laughs> actually kind of come even yeah um we certainly hope to hear more on on both of your thoughts and and we i think we can get to that tomorrow and we'll have to get through that the the section of the uh of uh from the deleted scene too um so i think you'll hopefully be both be able to come back is that right megan yeah sounds good for one more uh fourth one with you and alice a second right yeah i'm ready that'll be next week um this was uh uh, minute 35 we'll be back uh, next week with minute 36 and until then it's all happening it's all happening all happening I am a golden god! Lucas Hare. He's Carrie Shale. And this is a trailer for Is It Rolling Bob? Talking Dylan. We talk to interesting people like author Neil Gaiman. Dylan is always more omnipresent than you believe. Part three of American Gods is called This Moment of the Storm. And of course, it's a hard rain's gonna fall is, is another way of saying that. Singer Billy Bragg. I went to this Hammersmith Odeon with Chrissy Hind. And she totally spoiled the whole evening for me by going backstage beforehand and coming and saying to me, you must come back and say hello to Bob afterwards. He'd love to meet you. So I spent the entire gig thinking to myself, what am I going to say to Bob Dylan that, is, that doesn't sound like, hello, Bob, I really like your records. So I ran away. At the end. <laughs> 
actor David Morrissey. Their stories, they are all, you know, you sit there and you think, God, this is taking me on a journey, not just by uh, each track, but each album is mm. such a chapter in a life. Singer Barb Junger. And suddenly something in the song, you go, bing, you go, oh yeah, that's today. That's the reality of the quality of his understanding of humanity, that kind of, that really relentless gaze. The legendary Larry Ratso Sloman. And that's when I talked to him about Sad Eyed Lady. And I said, you know, Bob, I always wondered, you know, in the chorus you say, my warehouse eyes, my Arabian drums. Do you mean eyes as a verb? Or is there a comma there's in two different images? And Sarah goes, yeah, I've always wondered that too. And Bob, and Bob says, leave me alone, rest. Writer David Hepworth. Honestly, sweat was dripping off me because I was not getting very far. And you always think, I've got to get some quotes. I've got to get some lines or something. And you, of course, you can't get that out of Bob Dylan. It doesn't work like that. Mm. And the woman from the record company said to him, how's it going, Bob? And he says, I don't know. He keeps asking me questions. <laughs> and Dylan Authority... Michael Gray. What he's doing there, Dylan, is he's, he's breaking through the sort of oleaginous smear of coast-to-coast important American television. And he's creating, he's busting through that and creating a live event, an authentic moment. Is it rolling, Bob? Talking Dylan. His voice is really warm. It's just that it ain't got no form. But it's just like a dead man's last pistol shot, baby. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 